Hi, my name is Phil Metzger, and in 1992 I moved to Moscow, Russia. From there I lived in the beautiful Central European country of Hungary, where my family and I spent the next 20 years living, learning, and sharing about Jesus. Different foods, culture, and language, but underneath it all, we discovered the most amazing people. We learned that to share the gospel effectively, we had to adjust. We had to cross cultures. Now we're back in the U.S., and we're discovering that this country is a melting pot of culture. This show is committed to helping Christians connect to those who think, believe, and live differently than them. This is Crossing Cultures. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Crossing Cultures. Remember, the whole show is about helping Christians learn how to connect to people who live, believe, or maybe think differently than they do. And I'm really excited about our show today, okay, for two reasons. <laughs> two reasons. Number one, I get to be joined by my wife again. Uh, and honestly, she's she's hosting this one more than I am, I think, uh, this week, because I am we invited your friend. Okay, but she's my friend now too. No, she's not just your friend. We share our friends, okay? Uh, this is our friend Priscilla Dickin, and Priscilla is a part of a ministry that's focused on, like, it's a pro-life ministry at a pregnancy care clinic. And honestly, if I could, maybe Priscilla, you can just share a little bit about yourself, a mm -hmm. little bit about what you're doing, because today on this episode, we want to talk about pro-life mm -hmm. and what does that look like in the world in 2021? Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe share a little bit about yourself. A little bit about me. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me today. It's our, our privilege. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous, <laughs> you know, and um, coming in and doing something like this, um, but I'm grateful to be here. Um, I'm Priscilla, and I'm a native San Diegan, born and raised here in San Diego. I, um, you know, I just believe that, you know, God has a way of putting things together in our lives mm -hmm. and putting us where he wants us to be, where, when he wa where he wants us to be. And mm -hmm. the fact that I'm a part of such an incredible ministry with the, at the clinic is really kind of a full circle. Um, I was a teen mom. Um, and I was 14 when I had my twin daughters. They are now going to be 25 in July. Mm -hmm. And um, to say that my life was changed um, after having my girls um, is an understatement. Mm -hmm. um, I'm s super grateful to be able to be a part of the ministry that I'm a part of because, like I said, I believe that God sets us up and he, um, he orders our steps. Yeah. Yeah. And actually a neighbor of mine told me about the clinics and she knew my story and she said, hey, come to an open house with me. Oh. That's how I found the clinic. Wow. wow. I didn't know that. Wow. I, and I volunteered for several months and I've been there ever since. Wow. And I was offered a position to be the client services director, um, you know, months in, but if anyone would have told me when I was 14 years old that I would be doing this work, mm. I don't know if I would have believed them. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if I would have, uh, yeah, I don't know if I would have been, and, and so, you know. You couldn't imagine that for yourself. No. Wow. Mm. No, yeah. not at all. Not but at how all. long have you been there now? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you You're off. You're fine. I've been there going on, I'm on my third, well, working on my fourth year now. Okay. There, wow. so. Um, and as much as I've been blessed and grown being in a place like the clinic, um, you know, I am so blessed by the clients that walk through the door. Mm. 
because everyone is different. You know, everyone is in need of something different. And I do my best to leave my stuff at the door mm -hmm. before I walk through those doors mm -hmm. because I want, I want to be available and I want God to use me in any way he wants mm -hmm. to for the mother mm -hmm. and the father of the baby. Wow. Be and I want to, I want to be, I don't want to miss the opportunity. Right. Because I get one shot, mm -hmm. one shot to be with these families. Yeah. And I want to be available and I want to be present. Wow. Mm. And so when, you know, when I'm there, it's, I mean, it's, it's just an incredible ministry. It really wow. is. It really is. Well, I love your heart, Priscilla. And just, I'm so grateful to call you my friend. Oh. And like, just, I've learned so much from you through your story and working there at the clinic and getting to even come and see it and see what's going on out there. But I feel like, and we've had these conversations sitting in the car or mm -hmm. sitting over the phone and. Mm -hmm of just the topic, and I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, but the topic of pro-life mm -hmm. is a is a, um, a passionate topic. We're it passionate really about pro-life, the sanctity of life, and um, especially when we're in kind of political seasons, we're voting, we're mm -hmm. making stances, we have um, strong opinions mm -hmm. about this, especially as, as believers, we believe in the sanctity of life. And um, I think, and we've talked about this, and maybe we can kind of unpack a little mm -hmm. bit of the thought of mm -hmm. how do we continue? I mean, your, your heart so much from what you've come from, I have always seen your heart has always been for the one. Mm-hmm. Always the one, the one person that steps into that clinic. You see her. Mm -hmm. You want to hear her story. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you the truth. That has um, radically impacted my life, and I want to mm. thank you for that. Oh, that's beautiful. And I, I'm, I'm not telling that to prop you. I'm telling Ugh. you that sincerely from my heart. That because I think some things as as radical and as important and as serious as pro-life, I think unfortunately over the course of um, politics and voting and, and things and, and and we're passionate about it. And I think sometimes along the line we start to lose sight of the person. Correct. We start to lose sight of the individual, yeah, her story, mm -hmm. where she's coming from, because we need to give the unborn a voice. Mm -hmm. We need to give that unborn a, a platform. And mm -hmm. I do agree with mm -hmm. that. But I believe that there's so much more facets to this. 100%. What do you, what do you think? Like, how do you feel about those things? Well, I, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. And, you know, a lot of the resources that we provide at the clinic, you know, we provide the parenting classes. We provide the mom support groups. We provide, you know, diapers, you know, baby clothes, maternity clothes. But one of the biggest things that I really want the clinic to be able to hone in in more is being able, because we can only do so much at the clinic. We want to be able to, 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 uh, to send them family to a church mm -hmm. that can wrap their arms around these families mm -hmm. and disciple them because they because that's a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. Coming alongside, getting your hands dirty, mm -hmm. and being present for these families. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I'm I mean, it's okay for me to be like rah, rah, rah for the baby, but mama needs help. 100%. Daddy needs help. 100%. You know, and so we as the church are supposed to be there to fill in the gaps to be that help to mm -hmm. the family, mm -hmm. you know, because if they don't have the tools, they don't have the wherewithal, you know, or the support, how, how, how are they going to do exactly. as, how are they going to do? It's hard enough as it is. 100%. It's hard enough. Yeah. So we have to be able to broaden that pro-life, um, 
top that pro-life label or, or whatever you want to call it because at the end of the day we we need to be here for each other it's about the kingdom Exactly. It's about 100%. the kingdom. It's about being able to come and just wrap our arms around around the people that God puts in our path. Mm. Mm. Because no one is no one that comes anyone that comes through the door is worthy yes. of the compassion that Christ has provided to mm-hmm. each of us. Mm. We're worthy of it. Exactly. And it's not our job to 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 do anything other than to show them compassion, mm. to come alongside and to wrap our arms around them. So you're in an area of life. You know, one of the things we talk a lot about on the show and in our church is we have to not see issues. We have to see people. Bingo. Because it's very different. You know, I can have a strong position on an issue. Yeah. You meet a person and you go, wait, hold on a second. I got to rethink this. That's the goal at least. So I'm, I'm curious as we talk about this, like, you're on a you're 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 dealing with uh, you're engaged with people mm-hmm. who they're coming in at like the low of yeah. their life. Absolutely. I'm assuming like I'm kind of assuming that this is like once you get to this place, you're really there's a lot of things being questioned in your life. One hundred percent. And I almost wonder, like, what does it take in you personally to be prepared for that? Because um, to, to see the person, to not see the issue. You know, um, a mom comes in and it's like, because your heart has been, and what got you into this was the idea of that life matters. Absolutely. That babies matter. Absolutely. That the problem of abortion truly is a problem Correct. in the country. Mm-hmm. And, but then that's like, how do you do that when you're seeing people? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody walks into that place at their lowest. How do you prepare for something like that? You know, honestly, <sighs> Some days we don't know, well, most days we don't know what's coming because we take walk-ins all day mm-hmm. while we're there. Um, for me, personally, I have to remain grounded in my own faith. You know, I have to remain steadfast and I have to remain connected to my faith in God because at the end of the day, without any of that, I cannot meet anyone at the door. Mm-hmm. I can't meet anyone at the door. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't know if I answered your no, question. It's, it's, yeah, totally. But um, for me, that's what we have to do. And yeah. even at the clinic, you know, we do uh, have time to, to pray together. You know, we have time to, to share and to really debrief when we do have a tough case that comes through oh, the doors. Right. Because I'll tell you, there's some days, you know, I can't go straight home after I leave the clinic yeah. because I, there was a tough case. Mm-hmm. And I got to, you know, I got to decompress. Yeah. You know, I don't want to take that home. Right. You know, and so, you know, it's it's uh, it's real. Yeah, that's heavy. It's so real. So you're saying that as you acknowledge for your own life and as you're allowing the Lord to use your life, you're seeing you're taking stock of your own heart. Mm hmm. And as you're looking at people, because I think this is, I think, where we stub our toe as believers. I think we would all sit around a table and agree about the sanctity of life, of a child. All lives are important. But what do you do when a woman comes in and you you love her and you embrace her with compassion, but she chooses, she makes a choice Mm -hmm. to end the pregnancy, to determine, she she chooses that. How do we continue to sanctify and to believe without shaming because mm-hmm. i think so often we think um making a stance for righteousness mm-hmm. we need to make sure that this un- this person's choice mm-hmm. if we don't agree with her choice 
should be followed with shame Absolutely. and guilt and yeah. remorse yeah. and or, understand. Or reminder that you're guilty. Reminder that what you did was wrong. Yeah, yeah. there so needs true. to be a prick and a reminder of yeah. that. Whether we do a visual photograph well, or any kind of, we need to let her know what yeah. she's doing. And how do we find the balance between educating mm -hmm. with what you're doing? We're giving education mm -hmm. to women and, and men and not shaming people mm -hmm. and not at the same time we're I think we're people I've talked to within the church will feel like well we don't want to condone abortion mm -hmm. I could never condone so and then it, it puts you in a, in a in between two worlds okay well I'm not condoning but this is a human person too that I'm I'm, I'm engaged with mm -hmm. so how do we break those things apart you know yeah um I think and you're gonna laugh when I say this because you're gonna know where I got it from but I think as believers, sometimes we have amnesia. Uh-huh. <laughs> we forget that we have we have sin in our lives. 100%. We forget that we are not always listening to what God is asking mm. us to do. Wow, mm. so good. We yep. forget that, you know, you know, we too need to be at the foot of the cross yeah. daily. Yeah. Mm. And so for me, you know, I am not God. And mm -hmm. so when I'm talking to my the, my moms i'm talking with them you know kind of like a big sister in a way yeah. like mm -hmm. i love that you know what honey mm -hmm. dang this is a tough situation mm. you yes. have mm -hmm. it's going to be tough to parent it's going to be tough to abort and it's going to be tough to adopt your child mm -hmm. yeah to, 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 you know, yeah. those are all the three choices you have yeah. all three and options so are tough yeah no but i my thing is i my my message to our, to moms a lot of times is, sweetie, don't let be don't let fear be mm. the reason. That's good. You decide something mm -hmm. in this moment. Don't let pressure or fear be the reason why you decide a decision. You make a decision in this moment. Wow. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Mm -hmm. Here's all your these are your choices. Mm -hmm. Here's what it's gonna look like. You have no easy choice. Mm -hmm. All of them are gonna be hard. Yes. But do not make the decision under pressure or, or fear. And do, do you think that, I love that so much. I, I almost think that like, you know, for most like Christians or even most people, like you, you're not really around someone who's in that situation. Sure. You know, or it's not talked about. That's the real issue. It's not talked about. So that's another conversation. That's right? Why aren't you doing life with other people right. that aren't looking like you? Exactly. That aren't doing life the way maybe you do life. Exactly. What are you doing? And we tend to do this, though. When we decide to do that, we tend to pity people yeah. rather than to like engage with them as no. just normal human beings like us. No. You know what I'm saying? We're all at the same level. Exactly. The foot of the cross. 100%. Amen. Equalize. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, to that point then, you know, we have this situation where um, you don't have good options. You're not offering, like, and that's a hard one for a lot of people who are not engaged in this to think about. Like, what do you mean there's not a good option? The only option is that you keep this baby or you give this baby up for adoption. There is not a third option. Like, but you're engaged with people on this level every Absolutely. single day. Absolutely. So you can't just go into this saying, that's not an option. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though I love that the fact that this whole ministry that you've been a part of and that is your heart, it's a pro-life ministry. It is. But it's engaged in pro-life for adults, too. Correct. Mm -hmm. So how do you help them work through some of those, you know, in like a gritty, it's not all pretty and clean. It's not and, cute. Yeah. How do you yeah. help them to work through these? And I know no case is the same. It's not. 
Um, you know, really, it's providing the resources, providing the the um, platform for them to even. I mean, I have some moms who come to the clinic and just sit down and have a cup of coffee with mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm because they don't have nobody else to sit down and have a coffee, cup of coffee yeah. with and just mm -hmm. care about them just for the sake of caring for them, mm -hmm. not because they want something from them, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, just providing these spaces for the moms. Um, the other thing is we have, you know, we have moms who have had abortions. I mean, tons of moms, even in the church, right? Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, the last numbers I saw, it's 20% of women in the church aborting their children. Right. Wow. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So we have a ministry where it's a post-abortion healing ministry where all the women who are teaching this curriculum and going through this process have had abortions themselves. Mm -hmm. So there's no shame. Yes. Because shame is a major, major factor that plays mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. a lot of our moms that have abortions. Yeah. I mean, women in the church walking around with this heavy burden on their shoulders. Yeah. And they're just emulating. They're dripping in shame. Mm. Yes. Yep. So, you know, pr like I said, providing these resources and these spaces for, for our families is, is a lot of the ways that we are able to sort of bridge the, mm -hmm. bridge the gap. Mm. Wow, and I think that's such a such a big thing that I think even this past year when we were voting and we were making our choices on elections and voting on different policies and things that we want and people are passionate about their, you know, certain things and you know we do. But I, I wonder how often at least some of the ladies I've talked to within our church who have had abortions, mm -hmm. and so they've aborted. It could be ten years ago, twenty years ago. Yeah. And as Christian conservatives or whatever mm -hmm. we want to call it, you know, we're pro-life yeah. and yet we're not considering the mm -hmm. shame and the guilt that right. these women have to kind of hide under and just kind of have to shake, you know, and there's not a, an outlet of like, let's reach out. Right. Let's, let's, let's see, because I do believe that as God, when we make choices, we all have, like you said, Church folk have amnesia. Like yeah. we forget yeah. where we've come from. Pretty much. And so it's actually easier when you live under shame. If you've had an abortion, it's easier just to keep your mouth shut and quiet and oh yeah. And oftentimes the people that I know are the one. They're the most vocal about pro life, and yet they themselves have had it. And it's almost like this compensation. Would you say mm -hmm. that you oh, can totally. see that the shame and totally. this like I'm going to be even harder on the next generation. I'm going to push even mm -hmm. harder. And it's like, mm -hmm. but what happens when you, as you're saying in your story? And I know it's unique, and I know it's individual, but there's something powerful, Priscilla, about your story, that you've taken your scenario of what you've walked through, and rather than allow shame mm -hmm. and guilt to lead you, yeah. Yeah. you've brought compassion yeah. and mm -hmm. love. And have, how, how has that brought healing into your own journey? Well, well, I'm, I mean, I, I like to say there's it's a combo package. <laughs> <laughs> I love a combo. I love myself a combo. You know? Yes. So therapy has been huge for me. Yes. Yeah. Huge for me. Because, I, I mean, the way my girls got here on this earth is not a good situation. Right. Yeah. You know? And the my faith in, in, in the Lord, obviously, mm -hmm. first and mm -hmm. foremost, you know, and really having a community of people around mm -hmm. me to wrap their arms around me and come alongside me mm -hmm. and tell me that I mattered. Mm -hmm. That, you know, despite any any situation, anything that has happened, anything that someone has said to me, you know, that I matter. Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. I mean, 
just being here today. You know, I get a little emotional. <laughs> You're lots. Yeah. But God is, yeah. he's in the business of uh, doing some powerful stuff in yes. our lives. Amen, definitely. Amen. I'm, I, I'm curious about something. I kind of have two questions, but they're not related, so I'll just do one at a time here. Um, the person that comes in, like nobody's case is the same. Mm-hmm. But you see a lot of like similar patterns. Sure. When you when someone comes in saying I'm I'm planning on having an abortion or whatever that might be, yeah. what is the predominant reason? Or just when you think of that, what is the reason that's brought out? Like it's because mm-hmm. of because yeah. I don't think it is what people think it is. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. So um, I, I had a situation just recently and. Uh, you know, very real situation. Mom lost her job. She mm. already had four children already. Her and her fiance were struggling to make ends meet. Mm. I mean, this is real stuff. Real. And we live in San Diego. Yeah. You know, and she's like, I'm pregnant. I don't know. I think I, I'm just here to see, mm. get an ultrasound just to see how far along I am because I'm aborting this child. I can't bring this child into mm. the world and to this struggle that I'm in right now. Very real stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's real. And who am I to sit there and just be like, well, you can't not abort your child. Right. That's, that's, not, that's not what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. So listening to her heart and just um, see, meeting her where she's at. Mm. And I said, you know, honey, I said, that's rough, you know. Just really emphasize, 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 empathize. Emph- I can't talk. I know it's really hard word to you say. Anyways, I mean? yeah. Just empathize. meeting her with empathy. Yeah, Love it. yeah. You know, and when we get into the ultrasound room, she's five months pregnant. Wow. 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 Did she know she was that far along? No, she didn't. She, she was very petite. Didn't. Right. So she had no. She had no idea. So we talked, and things were different. Right. Th- th- things, things were different for her after she, she had her ultrasound. Mm. And, you know, we sat with her, talked with her, and I, you know, gave her her options. You know, I said, hey, here's some information on, ab- on adoption. Mm. Here's some information on abortion, mm-hmm. just some education. Yeah. I want to in- educate you. The nurse educated her on all of the medical stuff about that. And, here is, and, and here's some information if you, if you choose to keep your baby. She messaged us two days later, and she's keeping her baby. Wow. wow. So you think that um, I want to I want to follow that with that exact point of um, one of the ministries of this th- this particular clinic, but it's probably common in most of these sure. pro life clinics. Is, sure. is you do ultrasounds. Correct. So why do they do these ultrasounds? Like you're providing a lot of different services. Yeah. What's the What's the reasoning for that? So the reasoning for the ultrasounds is this: is there's three reasons: is to 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 be able to um, to check for the heartbeat, to um, check to make sure um, baby is in the right position in the body, mm-hmm. um, and the third reason is um, really to um, to solidify that they're 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 pregnant. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Right. Okay. So to help them to see help this them. is real. Yeah. This is this is a baby. Yeah. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. This is a yeah. baby, and um, I've seen babies waving at people at the on the screen. Oh my gosh. I mean, I've seen babies doing yoga. I mean, it's just it's just the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen, and I'm I'm. It's just it's incredible. Wow. It's just incredible. Wow. Yeah. So that helps to, you know, kind of like what we're, we're talking about, helping a group of people who may have a big, strong stance against abortion, mm -hmm. but they don't, they're not connected to the people. That's what we're talking about. Correct. And so what you're doing is helping somebody who's considering an abortion mm -hmm. connect to that person Correct. that's in them. Correct. That's powerful. Yeah. So would you say that the number one then like, and again, we're not statistic people. We're not doing all that no, right no, now. No, this no. is a conversation, but yeah. you're in this ministry. Yeah. You're in this area. Um, would you say then that the number, like what you predominant reason why girls are coming and saying, I need to have an abortion is I can't afford to take care of this baby. Money is a huge factor. But the other factor that I've seen is sh it's, it's, it's shame. Shame. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I've had women from all different walks of life. I can't bring that shame on my father. I can't bring that shame on my family. I'm in school right now. I'm trying to focus on my career. All of the things, all of the things, all of the things that are very real. Wow. But who's speaking up for the baby? Yeah. Right. Who, who's, 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 who's also educating the, the mother to be that's, that there are other options. Mm. There are other resources that are available to you. Like, who's doing that? Right. You guys, nobody else. I mean... How many of these moms feel totally alone? Like, because you, you... I mean, shame, shame keeps coming up, oh, which... Yeah. So are most of these moms feeling very, like, they Isolated, can't talk to anybody? Very much so. Wow. Very much so. I mean, and I don't know if any of you have ever felt alone. Mm -hmm. But to feel alone is one thing, but to feel alone, have limited resources. Yeah to not know where you're going to lay your head. Right. I mean, real, real stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's rough. Yeah, and I'll answer, I don't know what that feels like. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and thank you. Mm -hmm. There's thank all you. these factors. It's yeah. like, oh, do you know what it's like to feel alone? Yes. But do I know what it's like to be homeless and mm -hmm. alone? Do I know what it's like to have shamed my parents? Correct. And be kicked out? And, and I have no idea what this yeah. is like. And these are the girls that are, you know, and again, I mean, there's no stereotype of mm -hmm. one. There's, it's so broad now, but these are the people that God's bringing to your path. Yeah. And yeah. I almost feel like we tend to, and I'm, I say we as like a the Christian group, like what an opportunity that would be mm -hmm. if we could get past just seeing like one issue. Right. To reaching like a, a, a girl who's hurting. Correct. That's like, that's like the greatest opportunity in the world, it sounds 100%. like. 100%. But we're missing it. We are. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly how or why we're missing it. Yeah. Because, I mean, like it's right there. What is the kingdom about? Yeah. Right. Well, I wonder if like we've become because we know that there are these clinics provided. I think it's often easy as a church, and I can't speak for every church, but you know, I think as as a Christian, I can only take stock for my own self. But mm -hmm. sometimes it's easy to think, oh well. There's a place I can send these girls to, and then they can get it worked out. But what if I take into account and my, my sphere, my world, my church, my neighborhood, what my if, daughters, yeah. my, my friends? Right. Why, what if, why does it have to only be, well, let's send them off to the clinic? Mm -hmm. No disrespect. I'm so right. grateful. I'm so thankful that there are facilities in our county that are providing these services. But what happens if we all mm -hmm. 
feel like I have a place in this. Correct. I could be a part of this. Correct. I might not be able to work. I might not be able to volunteer at a clinic, but I can just open my front door. Like, how does that work? How, how, do, how do we, like, is that even possible? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And what, what a concept. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, right. I mean, wow, we're really making, we're making some progress now. Right? now you know, like, okay. I mean, if, if we're, let's talk about yeah, that. I, just, you know? I, I know I'm stating the obvious here, but sometimes we kind of have to think, have things laid yeah. out for us and mm-hmm. be like, but how do we work these things out? Because this is already being provided. We have this, so I, I'm, I'm good. And we you know? see that. We, I feel like we see that in almost every area every of like area. the church is like, mm-hmm. hey, what are you doing for this? Yeah. What are you doing for this? Like, what right. is the church doing for this? What is the church? But like, the church is human beings. Yeah. Correct. Like, we're we're not an entity that like you know is, is subcontracted into every area of a human mm-hmm. being's life. Mm-hmm. It's human beings reaching human beings. Right. But we feel so. I think we feel ill-equipped. Oh, definitely. You know, I think as a guy, I feel ill-equipped. Okay. Oh, but there's all these things. So sure. yeah, yeah. Speak and, to and that. And you know, it's it, you know, but there is a there is a place. In the kingdom for each and every one of us, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I I I just don't know if we are making ourselves available, mm. and if because you know we have male advocates because when the mo- when the fathers come in here with the moms into the clinic, we want a male to be able to put his arm around mm. that father to be who's never been a father, doesn't know mm-hmm. how to be a father, and say you know hey how how can I help you mm-hmm. you know how can I serve you how can I come alongside what do you need during this process. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you feeling about this? Mm-hmm. How, how, how are you feeling about this unplanned pregnancy? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody can help out wow. and everyone can, 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 can do something. Mm-hmm. If all of us just do a little bit, yeah. I mean, imagine. Right. Imagine how beautiful that would be. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, just... Yeah. Just take the one just starts with the one that's mm-hmm. what you always tell me like it's just i'm here for the one that's it and i, I think it, i think when we start to lower and just see like it's one person it's just seeing people it's given the same dignity and the sanctity of life that i i believe for the for the unborn child i want to learn to see that in each and every human person i interact with mm-hmm. and there is a challenge i think that we want to set out here and it's a challenge to myself so it's not just me wanting to challenge our platform i want to mm-hmm. take challenge for myself of like are we putting ourselves in positions that are allowing us for these conversations and for these interactions? Mm-hmm. Or have we insulated ourselves so much yeah. that we have no context? I have no idea what I would talk, tell someone who was in this situation. Well, and, and that's on me. Yeah. That's on me. It's like, oh, well, I'll volunteer a couple hours a week at the clinic, and then I'll you know get my brownie points. And I'm not disrespecting people who do that. I, honestly, I'm not. But I think there is a place of like, but am I doing it in just my day-to-day? Correct. Am I doing it and just am I having that conversation with my daughters? Correct. Am I talking with the young adults in our church? Right. Are we talking about these things? Or is it just something that we're just kind of, we know where we stand on pro-life. We know what it is. And it's just kind of this cut off conversation. Yeah, because no, no, that's so good. Because I I find as like a, as a pastor speaking to people all the time, I have to be so careful. And I think maybe this is something that's changed recently. And I mean, hopefully for good in some churches where I have to be aware of the fact that like, when I'm speaking about one thing, I'm also speaking about the opposite of that thing. Mm. So when I'm promoting pro-life, I'm all, even if I don't mean to, mm-hmm. I could be shaming sure. a whole other group of people. Absolutely. Like unintended. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of guys have intended to shame, and that's, you know, but I even see that in the unintentional. 100%. You know, where it's like I have to be thoughtful 
you know, 100%. but I think a part of that thoughtfulness comes by being around people like you. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're in that, you know, God didn't call me to that as a singularly focused ministry. Mm -hmm. But if I don't have a you around to mm -hmm. guide that, mm -hmm. then I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tend to lean in a particular mm -hmm. direction. Mm -hmm. It's our default. It's our default. Yeah. yeah. And I Absolutely. think as a, as Christians, we kind of default to like, but this is right. But this is wrong. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize that the people that we're speaking to most of the time have gravitated to the wrong. Absolutely. And there's shame in right. all that. So that was my, my, my second, I've asked like 15 since then, but my second question oh, in that go was going to be on the, you know, you said 20% of church folk, church women have mm -hmm. had abortions. Um, I've never heard that before. Mm -hmm. and, and out of ignorance, I'm saying mm -hmm. that not like, how could you mm -hmm. say that? I'm saying, um, what kind of, uh, what, how do you think the, the people that come into your clinic feel about Christianity mm. or the church? Because we're not good overall. You know, I'm kind of indicting a whole mm -hmm. group of people, which is unfair. But I don't know that. I'm, I'm wondering, do people see the church as a compassionate, empathetic environment where they can bear their soul and be lifted up? Or do they see this as like, I would never go there or be a part of that because mm -hmm. I would never be welcomed. I'm, I'm curious if you could speak to that. And again, well, you can't speak to all I churches can't, and I all, can't, but, I, I can't but in your understanding, my understanding. I mean, you know, the clinic, you know, is there really? I mean, to share the gospel is secondary. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. there. We're, we're, you know, some days that happens, some yeah. days it doesn't. Totally. You know, but um, to get back to your question. You know, there, there. I've ex I've seen a lot of church hurt mm. in 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 a lot of our mamas and daddies. Mm. You know, and so to we have to have wisdom and we have to have discernment on when we're interacting with each other, because you know I I can't I can't. It's not my job to to condemn or to tell someone what they're doing wrong when, or, or any, that's not what my, that's not my job. You know, mm -hmm. my job is to really hear, listen, and to provide a safe space for people to share what it is they want to share. And, you know, and to be able to provide um, insight mm -hmm. and resources and just really a kind, non-judgmental ear. That's my job yeah. first, you know, and I don't know if I answered your question. No, I feel like I feel like that's the answer to for why we're all here. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Our job, that's absolutely. All of because I think it's easy to say, okay, well, you, girl, you got that gift. You're mm. in the place where you're supposed to be. You, that's your job. Yeah, you go do that. And so yeah. it's easy to be like, wow, your testimony and like what, the calling upon God and uh, the go the calling of God upon your life. Excuse me. All these things fit together, and so I I can feel really good about this conversation. And be like, wow, you're right where you're supposed to be. But I want to walk away and say, yeah. God, what about me? How can Absolutely. you use me? How can I be that? And I think one of the things we need to do is we need to we need to stay in touch with our own shame stories. Mm. Wow. Wow. Because none of us are walking around here without shame. Yeah. 100%. Some level of it. Yep. And I think being able to just look within and stay there, you're able to show someone else some empathy wow. and some some sympathy mm -hmm. and compassion. And when we can't start there as believers, we failed before we've even started. Yep. So that is 
how we're going to be able to, I feel, you know, that 20% of women in the church. Mm-hmm. We're all walking around here with something in our backpacks. Yeah. Yeah. And we need, to, we need to stay in touch with that. Yeah. It needs to be at the forefront of our, of, of our hearts because who are we mm-hmm. to shame anyone else? Mm-hmm. Who are we to judge anyone else? Who are we to sit there and get on our little self-righteous little boxes that yeah. we sometimes can get on? Yeah. Mm-hmm when we are also with sin. Right. Yeah, that he was without sin, cast the first stone, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think we do, we tend to, we tend to, and it's such a good word, and um, to remind us that, like, my shame story is not less shameful. Bingo. Just because it wasn't abortion. Bingo. Doesn't mean my shame story is Mm -hmm. less shameful. Exactly. And the glory of, like, the beauty of the fact that, like, in the kingdom of God, sin is sin. Bingo. And it's hard for us to accept that because consequence is different. Correct. But from God's perspective, it's like you have a holy God looking at unholy people. Correct. And yet I, to me, maybe it's my own insecurities, my own fears, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. I want to make myself look better Mm -hmm. at the expense of other people. We've talked a lot about, like, dignity in, in, in the Christian faith. Dignity comes from a God who is so willing to... He took all shame on himself. Mm-hmm. He doesn't pass the shame around. Correct. He took all of it. Amen. And um, we have to learn how to be able to like, 100%. I love that, that phrase, a shame story. Yes. And you know, one of the things that I, I, I joke about sometimes with my friends, I'm like, I'm under construction, yeah. Yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. yeah. So don't let, the, don't let this makeup and these cute clothes <laughs> fool you. Exactly. <laughs> I've got stuff exactly. right, right, that right. I'm constantly working yeah, with yeah, the Lord yeah, with. Yeah. You know what I mean? I need him more than I can even, more than the Aram. I need him right. more than anything. Yeah. And so, you know, I, and sometimes I just can't stand myself sometimes because yeah. right. I'm just like, Priscilla, really? Like... <laughs> You know yeah. you were wrong the way right, you said right, what right. you just said to right. your husband. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah, know you yeah. were wrong with that thought that you yeah. just had. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever it is. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, I, I'm, yeah, my sin is here, you yeah. know? <laughs> it's not back there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's ever present. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, I want to thank you for doing this. Oh, wow. Seriously. Thanks so much for having the, me. This uh, was fun. What a guest you are mm, it's just like so it's much, really. easy conversation mm-hmm. you know this is yeah she's like You're yeah i know yes we are yeah. yeah. i'm glad that she shared you yeah. today oh, you know man. just a little bit from another yeah, yeah it is yeah, <laughs> grateful. Grateful. absolutely yeah so grateful and yeah this is i mean this is yeah i'm just grateful so grateful we want people to you know i think everybody has a everybody seems to have an opinion on pro-life and abortion and these things. And we thought, man, we need to talk to somebody who doesn't have a, an opinion but has a heart and mm-hmm. is invested. Amen. And I, I want to hear from the people who are invested in something, yeah. telling yeah. us where things are at. I don't need to hear all the facts and the figures. Correct. It's out Correct. there. It I is. can Google that information. Absolutely. But you're with human beings. Yeah. That part. You're Absolutely. with human beings. And I want to hear. We, we're wanting to connect people to humanity. 100%. And um, we believe that like people do live, believe, or think differently than we do. Absolutely. And that doesn't make them my enemy. No. We're no. all made in the image of God. Yes. We're unique. We have yes. our own shame story. That's, That's a new one that I am yeah. stealing like yeah. crazy. Put it in your pocket. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I'm wearing that one, baby. And and then at the same time, though, like, there's a God who loves all of us. Amen. 
And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. And, uh, yeah. I mean, and it's Mother's Day. Yeah. And it's Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on. How does that wow. happen? I didn't plan that. I, we we didn't either. Yeah, and I messaged her. I said, you know, it's Mother's Day on Sunday. Yeah, we heard, we got like, that, and we're like, you know, that's perfect. That's yeah. perfect. It's How precious perfect. is that, right? It is. Yeah. So we appreciate Thank it so, so much. much. So, All right, you've been uh, listening and or watching our uh, amazing conversation with Priscilla Dickin, who has been serving and working in a pregnancy care clinic and um, just giving us some great insight and heart for how to see the gospel, how to see our own shame stories, and how to see the world around us. So thanks for being with us on this episode, and we look forward to uh, you joining us in our next episode. Thank you for listening to Crossing Cultures. If you found value in the show, do us a favor and leave a review on iTunes.